it. The NFL regular season kicks off tonight. Bills at Rams. We've got the Jets taking on the Ravens in just a few days. Welcome into a new episode of Chasing 69, episode 25, quarter of the way hey, to 100. That's huge. Milestone first milestone. Boys. Exactly. Let's go. And the first, I was, I was just thinking this, our first ever pod before a real game. The first like preview pod. Yeah, I don't want to say meaningful podcast, but we've been talking all season about how it's it was such an odd time to to start doing a show. Um, unfortunately, the Jets. I mean, thank God the Jets had a a meaningful off season with a lot of draft picks and a lot of free agency. Yeah, signings. I can only imagine of what a, the off season was a blast. I can only imagine what like a dead boring off season would be like, and and maybe we'll have that a few months from now. But that is not where we're at now. It is September eighth. Thursday, the NFL season is back. Uh, before we get into everything today, we're going to be obviously uh, wrapping up our thoughts on the Jets season, um, giving out some predictions. We're going to go into the upcoming game against the Ravens as well, too. But before we get into all of that, make sure to follow us on Twitter at NYJ underscore chasing 69. Same for the YouTube page. Teddy is at Teddy Huncho. I am at Blake Andrew Pace. Make sure to follow all of my work uh, with Sports Illustrated uh, Jets Nation there as well, too. Um, Teddy. How are you doing? Are you excited? It feels like Christmas. Oh, Eve, yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm amped up. I mean, once everyone's listening to this, we'll have football that day, Thursday, which is awesome. The best. Um, You know, I've been I've been like I'm in school still. So I've been trying to get all my homework done this week so I can just watch the Jets, not even think about it. Watch all the football games. You know, tomorrow I'm obviously going to be focused on the Bills Rams, get some daily fantasy action going you know we're we are fully back it is real these games actually count i am i'm amped up two plays for you right now take uh alan robinson over on receiving yards the other one's a sunday play but i took brandon Ayuk over on receiving yards too so those are my two bets two player props i've placed so far today not important to the show at all but just for this week we're saying just for this week those are all Those right. are the two props on on just game ones that I've already taken. I feel like the two of us have discussed our other bets, but this is this is a Jets show. And Teddy, the Jets uh, tried to play a little trickery on the Ravens uh, the last 24, 48 hours by the time this podcast comes out. Uh, Monday, they're hinting, hey, Zach Wilson's at practice. If he's going to give it a go on Tuesday or on on. No, sorry. My days are all messed up because recording this on a Wednesday. It was Tuesday. Labor Day. It was Tuesday uh, where. Um, it was like, hey, Zach Wilson's practicing. If he's out there on Wednesday, they might give him a go uh, if he's at 100% for the season opener. Um, and if not, he he will sit out the first week. Uh, move forward 24 hours, and not only is he not available for the Ravens game, Robert Sala was like, look, it's probably going to be week four uh, when they take on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, so that means Zach, Flack, Zach Flacco, Joe Flacco, will get the start against his former team, and we'll preview that game a little bit later on. This is more just our housekeeping area. Um, Teddy, thoughts on the emotional roller coaster that you, the fan, went through thinking that yeah. your quarterback might be there and then he's no longer available? No, it was a roller coaster for sure. Um, I, I was thinking about it, and it's really funny because if three days ago before, you know, Robert Sal went on the Michael K show and said Zach Wilson might play, if they if if they had come out and been like, listen, Zach's going to be out first three weeks. We're hoping he gets back week four. I would have been like, all right, you know, that's not ideal. I would have hoped for one or two games missed, but totally expected. Like we knew he was hurt. We knew he was going to miss some time, whatever. All the fucking trickery and shenanigans that went on this week just to just to say like, oh, he's actually not going to play was just so wild to me. Like, like you, you texted me right when uh, the, the news, like Sal's interview came out or whatever on the Michael K show. And then I was like, oh, really? Like, I didn't realize he would be ready at all. And, you know, started to get my hopes up, even if not for this week, at least for week two against the Browns. Um, and then, you know, it's just classic coach speak, classic, like, like, you know, just like you said, trying to get an edge, which who really cares, but I, I don't think it really worked very well against the Ravens. Um, but yeah, definitely an emotional roller coaster. Definitely got me um, to all the people who just like went straight to Twitter and were like, why would you expect anything different? Like literally fuck you, like go fuck yourself. <laughs> because 
I expected things different because that's what everyone's been talking about the past couple of days. So my bad. I was just getting pissed. I was like, these fucking douchebags. But nah, all love, all love. Um, it, it, it but yeah, it was work. it was wild. It, it didn't work for the Ravens and it wouldn't work anyways. And it's I, I don't want to say that there's like that both of them suck in terms of Wilson and Flacco, but it's not like you know, last season when Aaron Rodgers and then you had to go to Jordan Love. It's like at this at the end of the day, for the most part, you're getting the same looks on offense. And it's not right. like Zach Wilson is miles and miles better than Joe Flacco. That's not to say that Flacco is is a one of the, you know, is great. It's not to say that Zach Wilson is bad. It's just they're a little bit closer between where it's not like you're going to be tricking the Ravens all that much. And it seemed like they had been planning the entire time to take on Flacco just based on on uh, press conferences. Um, so yeah, Zach Wilson is really the big thing to focus on for this portion of it, not being available for the first four weeks. So that takes away the, um, it takes away the game against the Ravens, the Browns and the Bengals there with the hope that he is back in week four against the Steelers to close out that AFC North schedule. Um, you know, like we'll go into our thoughts on the season and then these first four weeks are, you know, good teams. So it's going to be a battle of the backup quarterbacks week two, uh, Jacoby Brissett versus Joe Flacco. That'll be a real doozy to watch. Um, and then, you know, obviously that Cincinnati game last year was such an exciting one for the Jets as well, too, where, um, you know, things are we're going to be with Joe in that one as well, too. Um Anything else with the Zach Wilson injury itself in terms of season long stuff, we don't need to go into, we've talked about how this is an important season for Zach Wilson. Yeah. Obviously, there's a few games he's going to be missing now that don't give him a full 17 game slate. So I just curious your thoughts on his, um, on the impact it has toward his season. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not ideal. You know, you want this guy out there, um, and he's just kind of starting behind the eight ball now, missing the first three games. It's like, okay, if he's even able to get out there week four, you know, is he going to be able to kind of just jump right in or is there going to be kind of that growing pains, you know, get back used to it, have a new quarterback out there. Um, so that's unfortunate. And it's also just, you think about this has got to be like four or five years now in a row where, you know, our starting quarterback who we're hoping is going to be the answer and we're hoping to evaluate and we're hoping to take that step is missing, you know, three or more games at least. And it's just, it's, it's frustrating. You know, you don't want, I want, I want to see Zach Wilson out there every week and I want to see what he can do. And I don't want to have, okay, well, we just have to wait because he's injured, you know, and I don't want, who knows, maybe he'll get injured again and miss some more games. And it's just, it's frustrating because you want to see him out there for 17 games this year. That was like a big hope. And now, you know, at the most, it's probably going to be 14. So that just kind of sucks. But for overall, like the Jets, I, I don't think it's the end of the world. I don't think it's going to change the trajectory of like their season or their future. It's just a little annoying. It's a, it's a good point that you make because last year was so inconsistent the throughout the entire roster that mm -hmm. it's like, okay, they, they have made upgrades to the offensive line. They have tight ends that are trustworthy. They're getting back Carl Lawson. They're going to be more sound in the secondary. Like this is the year to be consistent um, as far as starters go and just good play, sound play, um, being competitive and staying within games. And it's like, okay, well now we're, we're missing the quarterback to start off. So that's a really good point there. Um, yeah. I, you know, I, I don't think it's going to change too much of the offense. I think comparatively, there are a lot of things that Zach Wilson can do throwing wise that, that Flacco can't, but I also think Flacco is probably going to keep himself a little bit more tempered and, um, poised in these early weeks because they they are tough defenses baltimore is going to be really tough up front pittsburgh well i guess pittsburgh is also going to be with wilson but you know cleveland's got a decent front seven cincinnati um loves to blitz a lot defensively as well too yeah. so you know it's it's going to be ones where the offense isn't going to be necessarily in my eyes explosive i think it's just going to be can we stay competitive and stay within these games and and hopefully our defense does enough where our offense doesn't have to put up 30 points a game in this opening uh, month of the season. Um, I feel like that really sums it up about Zach. You just hope yeah. that he's, he's ready to go week four. Um, kind of some other stuff we want to get into, um, and we'll probably do this weekly just because the injury reports will start coming out by the time that we record these podcasts. Um, we've got, you know, an injury report here, and there's a few that are kind of more noticeable than others. Um, Teddy, I, I want to loop these two that we've got here on the rundown almost together a little bit. Um, today's injury report, or I guess 
yesterday's by the time that you're hearing this. So Wednesday's Wednesday's injury report, uh, two do not practice Zach Wilson, obviously Um, the other being Dwayne Brown, the 37 year old left tackle uh, dealing with a shoulder issue. Um, Not really what you would want to uh, have heading into uh, his first week as a jet, um, especially not getting a ton of reps in preseason, joining the team late uh, after the Mackay Becton injury. I saw a, stat um earlier uh from from rich um and the offensive line as a starting five got 21 preseason reps and obviously there's a lot more that you'll get in practice and whatnot but the five in terms of playing against other defenses got 21 snaps as a as a starting five so brown not being out there um, certainly doesn't help and on the right side as well too george fan dealing with a little bit of a knee issue he was limited um, Teddy, the other, I guess we'll stop right there. Thoughts on the injuries with the offensive line before we go to some of the other players. Yeah, I, I think like Dwayne Brown's the big shock there just because I hadn't heard about him like dealing with this I- injury beforehand. Um, and, and I haven't really like seen a ton of details around it. I don't know if maybe you have about like the actual injury. No, not particularly. I, right. I, I do kind of think. Obviously, you know, it's week one. We just signed this guy within whatever the time frame was the past couple of weeks. So you want him out there. You want him practicing. You want him to get used to it. But I mean, this is like a 37 year old NFL player on a Wednesday practice. Like I, I would almost guarantee Dwayne Brown's not going to practice a Wednesday the, the entire season. You know, like that's that's just when veterans take days off when they don't need practice. So I, I I just like don't really know how to react because if it's Dwayne Brown's hurt and might not play, you know, that worries me because I don't like our tackle depth. We already have had so many moving pieces. Um, George Fant, Fant is being limited, things like that. But if he's just like taking a veteran day because we want to make sure he's going to be healthy for week one, you know, I think that's also a very real possibility. There, there are some teams that will just put rest next to a guy instead of an injury. Maybe the Jets just aren't doing that. Maybe he's just got a little bit of a, short, a sore shoulder. But you're right. It could just be we've got a 37-year-old left tackle, um, and we don't want him – we want him yeah. ready for each – Which game seems odd have. week one. Like, I definitely will – I'm not going to, like, act like yeah. – you know what I mean? But it, maybe he's slightly injured, but it's one of those things where it's like if he's going to – is it – he's going to play or not going to play. He's going to play just today. It's better to keep him out, you know, something like that. So it's just hard without, without more information. Um, but you definitely don't love to see it. I mean, this line, you, you already kind of touched on it. We'll talk about it more, but this, uh, this Ravens D line is going to be something to deal with. So yeah, we really need our line to step up. And then even with that, beyond those two tackles, McDermott, uh, Connor McDermott also limited in practice on Wednesday with an ankle injury. So Thursday's injury report, uh, if you're listening to this in the afternoon and it's already come out, you'll, you'll know more than we do. Um, but that's a, that's a Thursday is going to be a big one to keep an eye on because I usually think teams tend to give the vet rest days on Friday. Um, so interesting to see on the Thursday injury report how that turns out. The other injury of note on here, and of course, there's another one, Justin Hardy, dealing with a calf injury. We don't really need to touch on him too much. The other big one is DJ Reed um, dealing with some leg injuries. Now, the Jets listed it as a knee injury, but it's also been reported he's been dealing with some hamstring stuff throughout the preseason. Um, so just thoughts, another cornerback out there, a, a guy that, you know, we're pretty excited about um, opposite Sauce Gardner. Yeah, you you seem to have seen more about the hamstring stuff than I have. So what what did what are your thoughts on? on I mean, one? I just I know he's kind of like the reason he hasn't been practicing. What I've been aware of is the hamstring, like soft soft tissue type injury. That's kind of how people mm-hmm. have been referring to it. Um, and now you know they're putting him on as a knee injury. So so I hope it's not a new injury. You know yeah. because DJ Reed he's missed most of the preseason. Um, just trying to recover, trying to get healthy for week one. If he has something new, that would be a problem. But what I will say about these four limited guys, so that's George Fant, Justin Hardy, Connor McDermott, DJ Reed, like you do at least, I mean, it's a limited practice as opposed to no practice, yeah, you know, like that exactly. is big. So I, I would assume that DJ Reed doesn't have a new injury because he still did practice. Um, and all the reports have been that he is trending to play. Um, so we'll just see what happens there. But but yeah, I mean, definitely, especially, you know, we we all like Bryce Hall, but after what we saw, you know, the confidence isn't super high with him. 
Um, and you know, we paid DJ Reed all that money. I want to see him out there. Definitely. Yeah. He's, he's one of those things, like we said, we talk about consistency, that secondary and the upgrades made with Gardner, um, with, with Reed and then also Jordan Whitehead. It's probably one of the most improved position areas of, of this team over the last season, um, over this past off season, Teddy to stay on the defense with one more housekeeping note. Um, restructured CJ Mosley's contract earlier this week, converting almost about 15 million of his base salary into a signing bonus, which opened up 12 million in cap space this year. Um, it also seems with the money deferred into years beyond that he's going to be sticking around for 2023. Um, that was something that I think we both talked a little bit this off season is eh, don't be surprised if they move on from him, but it seems mm-hmm. with this contract change now he'll be around for one more year. Obviously, we don't know what he's going to look like over the next 17 weeks. We want him to be a very strong part of this defense. Um, it clears up space for this year, which I never understand doing. I, I don't get the NFL salary stuff confuses my brain enough, but then converting all that money where it opens up stuff for this year, is that just to create room in case you need to keep adding guys? Like what is all that kind of turn into in your head? Yeah. Well, the, the Jets were one of the teams um, who after, you know, final roster cuts were a little bit over the cap. I think they were like 2.6 okay. million over. Um, so they did have to clear some room. Mm-hmm. I just, it, it's weird terminology because it gets converted into a signing bonus, which makes it sound like he gets all the money now, but that money then gets spread across the, the remainder right. of the contract. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, a lot of people speculated that, the Jets were going to try to make a move with this. You know, I Joe Douglas probably just likes the flexibility mixed with the fact they had to find some money somewhere. Um, it is interesting to see him being tied to next year, almost guaranteeing that he's going to at least be on the team. You know, we're, we're kind of, we kind of sometimes portray ourselves as being pretty down on CJ Mosley. It's not like I think we're, he's a bad player by any means. No. It's just, he is getting older. We just have to kind of be worried about, that end of the career dip, I guess. Um, but we'll see what happens. I don't hate, you know, tying him to the team next year. He's a great leader. He's a captain. Um, so yeah, but definitely interesting. Definitely kind of like, I never knew that signing bonus thing. It kind of helps me understand all these salary cap gymnastics that they do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe Joe Douglas just wants, if he needs to make a move at some point, maybe he wants that flexibility. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. Like they're already dealing with injuries. Maybe trades are are out there. Players become available. You never know what you need to do. You know, uh, a week ago, the Eagles trade for a pretty talented safety in Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, bring him over and added their secondary just because apparently he became available. He was expendable by the Saints, and the Saints were in their own cap problems. Mm-hmm. So you're right. You never know what move could potentially be on the horizon. <clears throat> Um, Teddy, that was all I had for housekeeping stuff. I kind of want to take us into kind of just wrapping up our thoughts on this upcoming season for the New York Jets. Um, and if it's all right with you, I think I'm going to take this one over first because I feel like my tone has changed in itself the last few weeks. If you've listened to our AFC East preview where we did give out predictions and we talked about the Jets a little bit, I think we focus more on the other teams more than the Jets um, just because we we talk about the Jets every other week. But um, I I think that the Jets, and it's funny because I'm seeing guys put out their season predictions, and I see, um, how do you say his last name, Rich? How do you pronounce his Samini. last name? Is it Samini? Okay. Samini. So Samini put out there the other day, um, he went under the five and a half win total, gets flamed on Twitter. What a scumbag. There's a, there's a <laughs> lot of people putting out their predictions now, and, and a lot of people are a little bit lower than I think where the fan base is, and that's causing a big stir out of the fan base. To me, the Jets are a much improved team than they were last year. To me, what that means is they will be more competitive in more games, but at the end of the day, I don't necessarily believe that it's going to translate to this huge growth and wins that I think a lot of people are projecting and not to say that people are having them in the playoffs. I think people are, have them close to the playoffs. Um, and I, I, I wrote this down earlier. I think the expectation is that they are closer to the playoffs than they are to the number one pick by the end of the season. I think that is at the very least you would want the jets to be in that range where they are further away from the number one pick closer to the playoffs. Um, There is a lot that is concerning for the jets. I think they have no doubt added a ton of additions to the secondary that has helped them out. Some really nice value pieces on the defensive line, 
the offensive line, despite it being shuffled around, is better than it was last year. Four of the five new starters are either new to the team or playing a new position than they did last year, but it is still better than the five that they put out a year ago. Running back, upgrade. Wide receivers, more deep. Tight end is so much better. Um, But Zach Wilson not getting a full preseason and a full season to gel with this new team. Um, The run game still offering me a little bit of concern. Jeff Albrick, defensive coordinator, is already starting to get rumblings of some concern over his tenure with the Jets and how long he might make it into the season. Um, and, and then plain and simple, the first 12 weeks of the schedule, I, I am closer to believing that 6-11 and 11 is a very realistic finish for the New York Jets. Um, and it's not necessarily because of them. It's just what's on the schedule. Who do you have to play? Here are some of the opponents and, and how I have them. I, I went through and I picked every single game of every team every for the full season and it gave me how I have each team finishing and here's how I have the Jets opponents finishing this upcoming season Baltimore Ravens I have them as one of the most slept on teams in the AFC 13 and 4 making the playoffs a top three seed Bengals 10 and 7 Steelers 10 and 7 Dolphins twice I have them finishing 10 and 7 Packers I have finishing 14 and 3 Broncos 10 and 7 making the playoffs Bills play them twice a year 14 and 3 making the playoffs and the Vikings also 10 and seven making the playoffs eight games against projected playoff teams. Um, and at the end of the day, I think the jets will be in a lot of those games. I think they're going to be very competitive against the Bengals, against the Steelers, against the dolphins, probably the Packers. And, and I would assume the Vikings as well too. I don't expect those to be blowouts. Like some jets games ended up being blowouts last year. I think those games are going to be much closer and you're going to get, you know, a lot of one possession losses or just barely, you know, weren't able to hang on at the end of games. I just, when it comes down to what team do I trust more to get the wins? There's just too many talented teams on the schedule. And despite being a much improved roster, um, it's going to feel a lot like last season where it's going to be a, a very rough start and then rattling off some wins at the end to hopefully bring hope for the next off season. Um, that's my rant thoughts on that. What, what are your opinions before going into kind of your, your predictions for the season? No. Yeah. I mean, and, and just to kind of put a bow on what you said, like, so seven and 10, six and 11, that's kind of like where you land. Seven right? and 10 would almost um, exceed your expectations. Seven and 10 would exceed my expectations. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, you know, every point you make there is like super valid and super on point. And like, there's not really much you can say otherwise, simply just because, I mean, the things you said with, with, you know, question, we still don't know like what the quarterback play of this team is going to be, you know, and you don't have the guy that you drafted second overall out there. You have a guy who, while we like Flacco as a backup, I mean, you don't know how this line's going to mesh. The defense was historically, historically bad last year. Um, so I totally like agree. And I, I, I get all, all the things you're saying. Obviously I'm the optimist here. <laughs> I'm a Jets fan. And I also just think like, there always is more nuance to it than just those things that you lay out, you know, yeah. obviously. Um, well, and here's I think, the thing, like you said, there were games last year that the jets won that they shouldn't have won, you know, the right. Bengals game, uh, you guys beat the Titans, right? Bengals Titans. Like there there yeah. are those games that will probably be thrown in there. I'm like, I said, I'm listing all the teams that I think just on paper, if right. I just had to say, who's going to win, I'm going to take those teams. There are going to be, games in here you know they maybe they beat the vikings maybe they blow away the steelers like maybe they you know split with the dolphins or maybe even sweep the dolphins right Um, and then on the other hand you know maybe they lose to the bears maybe they lose to the you know what i'm saying like there there's all these things um but what it comes down for me and like we've talked about this a lot and it was what made last year different was the fact that like the Jets actually compared to other years where we had guys were hoping like the Jets actually have better playmakers this year than they ever have before. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that, you know, football with, you know, the fandom and the analysis, I talked, I've talked about this before, but like you can get so caught up in like the game and like the, the pieces and all these things. And like, 
you need guys who are going to make plays, you know, and if, if we go out there and, Oh, somehow Brees Hall breaks off two 50 yard runs and, and Elijah Moore has a touchdown and Zach Wilson puts together a few good drives. Like all of a sudden it's like, Oh, well maybe we weren't the better team, but we made more plays and we're getting ourselves wins. Um, Mm -hmm. So for me, I guess I want to talk more about just like expectations and like how they can overcome kind of the prediction that you have for them. Um, But Cause for me, it really comes down to like, once I watch them week one, week two, that's where we're going to start really, obviously, once you watch them, you're going to, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's where you're going to sort of really be like, okay, this is what this team is like right now. It's all projections, conjecture. This is like, you know, once we start seeing them play, we'll know. And for me, I think it comes down to the jets have all these young players. We have Elijah Moore, we have Garrett Wilson, Corey Davis is a good player you know, Zach Wilson, Sauce Gardner, the list goes on of like these players that you can have high expectations for. We need a, a few of those guys, not all of them by any means, but we need a few of those guys if the Jets actually want to take a step forward to become stars, you know, like not just, oh, this guy's a good player, not like like what Quinn and Williams has done, which is, yeah, he's been pretty good, but he hasn't been great. He hasn't been game-changing yet. Mm-hmm. And for me, the only way that this is going to be a different Jets team than anything we've seen before is some of these guys, two or three or four of them really like sauce Gardner is one of the best corners in the league off the bat. And, and, you know, Brees Hall is awesome and like things like that. So I think there are, well, I think like kind of the way you laid it out makes the most sense. I think there are definitely avenues for this team to exceed expectations where there weren't in years past, where two years ago, you would have said, sure, we, we want these guys to be good, but what can we really expect to get done with Sam Darnold and Robbie Anderson? You know what I mean? Um, yeah. I, that's just like the beginning of my rant, I guess. I, I'll, yeah. I'll take a little no, breather and let you, you respond, but you're, it's not even you're... like predictions that I'm saying. It's just like, you need something to be different than what's ever happened before in order for all these things that everyone thinks about the jets to change. Right. Well, and, and that's where the, the Joe Douglas part of this comes into play is I, I saw earlier today too, it where it's like, I, I can't tell if it was 13 or it was, it was around 10 to 13 starters are projected to be um, first or second year players. And a lot of them on offense running back, Wide receiver mm-hmm. is going to have probably two of them. Um, uh, quarterback, quarterback, you know, still in your second guard. year, right guard, um, and some on the defense as well, two corner, all those different positions. Um, so that's where you're right. If, if Joe Douglas, you know, and we we believe that he knows how to draft, and we believe that he's done well in free agency, all of these pieces should elevate themselves. Um, and, and maybe it's not oh, is Zach Wilson a franchise quarterback, and is Robert Sala a top twelve head coach in football? Maybe it's just what can the team do to elevate each other? Um, can the position groups mesh together? Can Elijah Moore take a step to where he's now a top 10 receiver in football? Um, there are so many different pieces. Like you said, this team does have a ton of upside. Um, it's, it's just the, to me, I, it, when I come down to it and where I, where I come with these projections is I just, when we are making these and where it's the start of the season, I just would rather trust what I know. And I know that right. for the last decade, the Ravens and the Steelers have been one of the most consistent franchises. Go back to the beginning of the century. You know, Mike Tomlin's never had a losing season. You know, Jim Harbaugh and the Ravens, they have won Super Bowls. They have been consistent. Um, and, and you know, the Packers have been consistent. Um, I guess really outside of that, the, it's really just strong teams over the last few right. years. But comparing to what the Jets are, they're in that stage where they're trying to ascend. And the schedule has a lot of teams that have already ascended. Right. Um, so that's right. where... You're right. There is a ton of upside with this team, um, and it does come into the the guys that Joe Douglas has brought in. How do they all start to work together and elevate themselves onto the field? Definitely. And so to to just get into like my real predictions, I guess um, I think that this team. I still think this year is a stepping stone year. You know, while while I still I still have hopes, I'm not super down on them. I think they can kind of show up this year and take a big step forward. I think the the answer is somewhere between seven and nine wins. I think, you know, seven and 10, eight and nine, I'm going to land on eight and nine. Um, you know, that's just kind of like my best case, not really scenario. It's a great case. Um, 
and I think about last year, like the Jets' ability, even though a lot of times it was too little too late, their ability to kind of create one possession games, even sometimes late, I was very impressed with and I think is like a testament to the coaching. I mean, even week one, when we played the Panthers, we were down two or three possessions. And you know, I think we got it to like within nine or like somehow we were somehow we had a chance at the end of the game, yeah. um, even though it wasn't a real chance. It's still there was some way that we could have made it. And they did that throughout the season. Um, so I think there's going to be a lot of one possession games. I think they're going to be able to to win some of those. And I, you can sorry. Well, I was just going to say, and even continuing off of that in the preseason, we've seen these and preseason is so flippy floppy, but it's been one of those ones where it's like this team just stays in game somehow or finds a way to get back into these games. And while we've still both expressed concern about the defense, I think the overhaul of this defense is going to be very noticeable. I mean, last year with just injuries and just a lack of talent, the defense this year is much different. You know, if Carl Lawson can stay healthy on that line, add Jermaine Johnson, all these pieces on the defensive line, then you also look at an improved linebacker core. You look at a much improved secondary, which if things go right, could be one of the best in the league. Even the Jets stepping up to like the 20th best defense, as opposed to the 32nd, could, you know, drastically change this team. And it also drastically changes the amount of pressure that will be on this offense. You know, the, 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 it's difficult when you go out there and get a three and out, and then the other team goes and scores a touchdown quick. And then you go out there and get another three out or maybe throw an interception. And then they score a touchdown, like, like a good defense kind of helps the offense and vice versa. So with an improved defense with an offense, I think is going to run a little bit more efficiently, you know, people more ingrained in the system i am still confident they're going to be able to make some type of step and get wins that they wouldn't have been able to get otherwise um so that's why i'm landing on eight and nine i think they're going to be able to make a decent step but still kind of be hovering around the playoffs and then i think you know if things go right next year is really going to be their year to to be a playoff contender yeah no this is what we've talked we i don't think there was ever a point where Leading up to the regular season, we were like, the Jets are a bonafide playoff team. This is the year where it's like, Definitely. we are going to learn if we've got the quarterback. And if we don't, we're going to find the quarterback and have a really good team around him by the time that quarterback is in. Um, and and I think that's just where this team stands. I think one, no matter whether or not, if Zach Wilson this year does ascend into that, this team is going to exceed my expectations um, and probably a lot of people's expectations. And if he's not, this will still be a competitive roster that stays within games. Um, and then they will go find themselves a, an answer at, under center um, and, and be a, a good team. Um, Cause I, I do think they, for as poorly as last season finished, there were a lot of those games where you're like, man, they, they're still staying in these, you know, you think about the Buccaneers game and coming back into some of those ones where you're just like, they, they've got something here um, and they've got good players. And then this off season, was um, a ton of a ton of uh, additions. Um, Teddy, I see on here you want to call some shots as well too. Yeah, I just wanted to get these out there before the season started. Um, just you know, a couple predictions, couple projections that I want on the record. Um, you know, I think Elijah Moore is getting over a thousand receiving yards easy this year. What's his over under at eight fifty? Go, I saw, go shred yeah. that. I saw eight um, uh, eight fifty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whatever we got it at when we did our our predictions episode a while back, I think Brees Hall, rookie running backs, running for over a thousand yards this year, um, both for my fantasy teams and for just I do believe in the talent there. Even if I, I just the thing with Brees Hall is I just think his talent really is going to win out and like his his ability with uh, just being able to catch the ball the way he does, he's going to be on the field. He's going to be getting touches. Um, I also want to just say this again. I've said that a bunch. Elijah Vera Tucker will be a Pro Bowl guard this year. Um, and then last, this one's not really a prediction, but could Sauce be defensive uh, rookie of the year? What do you think? I So I, I didn't share this with you, but I, my most recent article on Sports Illustrated was just here's some bets to throw out. And it's funny because we agree on two of them here. I took the over on Elijah Moore yards. 
Um, I, I, it was over uh, 850. I took the over on that. I did disagree. I took the under on Brees Hall yards, which is at 830, um, just because I do think it's going to be pretty split in there with Michael Carter. Um, and then I did put, I put a long shot to finish it off and it was sauce Gardner defensive rookie of the year. And my reasoning behind that was I, I felt like that there are four names listed ahead of him, or maybe it was five. No, it was four. And it was the three edge rushers. It was Kayvon Thibodeau, Aiden Hutchinson and uh, Trayvon Walker. And those three all on defensive lines that I don't think are going to be too great. And um, really at the end of the day, what it comes down to is sack production in terms of you know, edge rushers getting defensive rookie of the year. So yeah. those three guys, I was like, I don't know if they're going to be able to be impact edge rushers enough. I don't think they've got enough help on their defensive lines to really help you know, elevate their numbers. Um, it's not like it's a Miles Garrett type class at edge rusher where there's just this unanimous freak show that's going to be, you know, double digit sacks in his rookie season. Um, the other guy was Kyle Hamilton, which to be a safety to win rookie of the year. I mean, I think Kyle Hamilton is special. He's special. Um, but would be shocking. So then, yeah, I was like, Hey, throw it out there. If it, 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 to win defensive rookie of the year as a cornerback, it's funny because as an edge rusher, you're going to hear their names a lot. They are piling up on sacks and kind of like in the preseason, if you're a good cornerback as a rookie, we don't hear anything about you because right. you just don't right. get the ball thrown your way. And that was his case at Cincinnati. It was his case in the preseason. He has a rookie season like that where you're not hearing much about him. I think the odds were plus. 1400 somewhere between a thousand and 1400 um yeah let's go throw ten dollars on that once once we wrap up not? recording I'm, I'm gonna sprinkle a little on there and why i not? think anyone listening type, should do the same a little type light sprinkle on there sauce defensive rookie of the year no i like those i like those uh calling your shots there um do i have any shots i want to call um, I don't know. I hope. I mean, you just call if you're with me on elijah Moore. that's I, fire i'm with you on elijah i'm with you on sauce uh, <laughs> I just thought of uh, take what's his what's my what's my uh, edge rusher crush? I can't remember his name right now. Jacob Martin lead the team. Jacob Martin, yeah, that'd be <laughs> sick. All right, Teddy. I think that wraps up our our season predictions. Anything else you want to say about the Jets? So I've got a six and eleven here, um, and and you're gonna go eight and nine on that one, correct? Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna go eight and nine. Um, and I am ready to get into our first game preview of the year. Game preview, game one of the NFL season for the New York Jets. How exciting. Ravens, Ravens at-, at Jets. Sorry, I stole it from you there. Keep going. I'm amped Take we it. have a home game. I'm amped we have a home game. First home game in three years to open the season. The boys deserve it on 9-11. Shout out. Um I don't know, dude. I don't know where you want to start. Jets are seven point underdogs. You taking them? I'm taking seven them. point underdogs. I'm not going to be taking them. Uh, the over under is the Ravens? set at 44 and a half. We will give, let's give our picks <laughs> at the end of it. Let's preview the game. Let's I'm amped up. Our game. Let's preview the game. Teddy, I wanted to hit you with a, with a little bit of history here. This, this is, this is a uh, first ever that'll be happening in this NFL game on Sunday. Something that's never happened in the oh. NFL before. It is the first time in NFL history that a team will put out on the football field a quarterback and left tackle that are both above the uh, or 37 years or older. So it'll be the oldest tackle quarterback tandem to ever play in a football game. (laughs) That is hilarious that it's the Jets that get that 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 first. That's cool. Never happened. Yeah, it's it's going to be a Flacco revenge game. I mean, that's dope. Yeah. So, so, I mean, yeah, it's the, the fun storylines Flacco, of course, going up against his former team of which he won one of the most improbable Super Bowl runs of, of this century where he just was lights out as soon as the postseason clicked on, I think it was 12 11 touchdowns, touchdowns 12 zero touchdowns, zero picks. Yeah. Crazy. Um, kind of breaking down what Baltimore is about, I guess, to kind of analyze the opponent before we talk about the game itself. Baltimore obviously having one of the most electric players in all of football and Lamar Jackson there at quarterback, um, huge dynamic threat. They love to, on both sides of the football, just ground and pound. They are one of the more consistent and deep teams in both trenches along the offensive line in the front seven defensively. They love to run the ball and they love to feature a lot of backs. J.K. Dobbins um, was limited in practice on Wednesday. Seems like he's going to be there, but they've also got other guys in, in Mike Davis um, they recently signed uh, Kenyon Drake as well, too. So they're going to have a lot of guys back there running the football. 
Um, just uh, real quick as well with their injury report, since I mentioned Dobbins, not a ton of do not did not practice. Uh, Ronnie Stanley, their tackle was limited with an ankle injury. Marcus Peters, kind of an older cornerback, limited with a knee. Um, and then actually, sorry, there was do not one do not practice. It was their second round pick defensive tackle, Travis Jones, rookie out of Connecticut guy that I was hoping the Jets would take in the second round there. Um, so breakdown of their team, I, to me, like I said beforehand, one of the more consistent franchises of this past decade. Now, it hasn't necessarily correlated to a Super Bowl since that Flacco season, but every year um, outside of this past season where they were the most injured team in football, just the model of consistency, they will shove it down your throat um, in the run game. They're not too prolific in the past. They've got one of the best tight ends and, and Lamar Jackson's connection with Mark Andrews is really the top receiving thing there defensively. I think they're fantastic. Um, they impress me every year because kind of like the Patriots, they'll find guys in the secondary that kind of over exceed expectations um, hit on two really solid rookie picks and Tyler Linderbaum at center. And as we were talking about earlier, Kyle Hamilton at safety, um, anything I'm forgetting about about the Ravens themselves here, obviously the best kicker in the game, Justin Tucker, too. And Harbaugh's a, a, a hell of a head coach. Yeah, only only thing I want to add uh, just about, I guess, this game in particular with J.K. Dobbins and the running back room. Um, he's been coming back from injury, whatever he did last year. I don't know if you remember. It was like it was ACL MCL. or Achilles. It was yeah. ACL or Achilles. So, you know, that's just something I've been like keeping tabs on it. I don't think it's been officially announced whether he's going to play or not. It's it's seeming to be trending in that direction. But he has yeah. been, you know, working back all offseason. He hasn't been back yet. So so it is it something to just think about. Yeah. Yeah. I thought. Um, but yeah, so he might not even be out there, I think. And, you know, Gus Edwards is on the the PUP. So that could be something to watch. You know, maybe they don't have their best their bets running backs out there. Well, their best running back is going to be out there, and his name is Lamar Jackson. So there's a also that, point. too. <laughs> That's a solid point. Yeah. Yeah, no, but in terms of the Ravens, I mean, you, you, I just I totally agree with what you're saying. They're a really good team, really just consistent, well-coached, well-put-together team. Teddy, one question that I wanted to pose to you. Where, if anywhere, on the Jets roster, as we take a look at both teams, I'm going to pull up the Ravens' depth chart just to get a little bit more in detail with it. Is there anywhere where you look at these teams heading into this week and you say the Jets have an advantage at these positions? Um, I mean, I think running back, I think kind of like what we just talked about um, with Dobbins being kind of questionable. And even if he is out there, you don't know how explosive he'll be if he'll be at 100%. Um, I, I think the Jets probably have better running backs overall, but you then put in the fact they have Lamar Jackson who can run the ball. So that kind of is moot. Um, I think the Jets wide receiver rooms almost definitely better. Um, I mean, they, they obviously have Mark Andrews at tight end kind of leading their pass catchers. Um, and then they have second year, second year Rashad Bateman, um, who's, you know, looks to be a pretty good player, but still has kind of got to put it all together out there. Um, but overall, I definitely think the Jets pass catchers um, go up to bat with the Ravens for sure, even including the tight ends and the running backs as a whole. Totally agree. Um, I, you look at their three starting wide receivers. It's Bateman, Devin DuVernay, um, another second year player, I believe, and then James Proche, too. Um, and they don't really have I mean, they've got Demarcus Robinson on their bench, but they are the the interesting thing. And obviously the big move that they made this offseason, I guess the, their biggest loss was trading away Hollywood Brown. Um, and he was a guy that it's so hard to find wide receiver fits into this offense because they are so run heavy um, and they don't really air it out a whole ton where Hollywood Brown was like, I just need to run straight. I just, I just need yeah. to run go routes and, and you're going to chuck it up to me and it never really fit the offense. So it will be interesting to see how this new grouping fits into what they're trying to do offensively. Um, but at the same time, it's, it's weird because for such a physical team that they want to be, they're very slim at wide receiver. Um, so I don't necessarily love their receiving room at all. Um, and so I would, I would say that the jets have an advantage as far as um, receivers go when they're going to throw out Corey Davis and Elijah Moore and Garrett Wilson um, kind of comparing these well too. You've got some fun notes on here too, Ted. Don't let me just steal all the shine. If you want to talk about some of these as well too. Um, I'm sorry. Where are we at? Just kind of talking. Through oh these teams yeah. Here. I mean, we'll just talk about the games a little bit, I guess. Um, I mean, my thing so it's a, like, it's a triple revenge game, Teddy. It's yeah, a, a that's what I want to talk game. about. 
so the Ravens have Morgan Moses as their, you know, left tackle or whatever. Former Start, starting right, starting right tackle, right tackle, there. Yeah. former Jets right tackle from last year. CJ Mosley, don't forget, used to be a Raven. Could be a big game for CJ Mosley. He's a captain. He's a leader on this team. You know, I'm excited for that for sure. And then, of course, we got Joe Flacco um, starting at quarterback. I love that it just happens to be Joe Flacco, like uh, Joe Flacco starts in the game where we're playing against his old team. That's just like best case scenario for me. Um, and honestly, I, I guess I, I do want to get a li- into Flacco a little bit and just how we feel. We talked about a little kind of replacing him with Zach. What does that change? As much as I don't want to say this. I do, especially because it's like week one, I do in some ways feel more confident in the Jets coming out and looking good and getting a win with Joe Flacco than I would have with Zach Wilson. Is that a blasphemous thing for me to say? I think the the wording is I, I get what you're saying and maybe I'll translate it to my thoughts on it. I trust Joe to not fuck it up as much as I would trust Zach to. I would think that after all of these years here of just Flacco has always been one of the more level-headed quarterbacks in in the game. And while I think that there are things that Zach could do to hurt the defense a little bit more in terms of deep pass concepts and, and, you know, mobility outside of the pocket, we've seen Zach Wilson get frazzled and make some really boneheaded plays. And now Flacco can make boneheaded plays, but I just trust him to understand the situation, understand you know, he's at this point in his career, he knows what his career is. He is a backup quarterback. And when he gets the opportunity to, he just has to keep his team within the game. Zach, on the other hand, is trying to ascend to what many project and want him to be as a franchise quarterback. So there's a lot of expectations of what you want to do on the field. I think, uh, unless we're arguing different points, I agree. I would think that Flacco is less likely to fuck this up than Zach Wilson. Yeah, and you're clarifying that well for me. Um, cause obviously the upside with Zach Wilson is greater than the upside with Joe Flacco. I yeah. guess where this comes from is when you, th- when I uh, uh, imagine Zach Wilson's healthy, what I imagine is best case scenario is Zach Wilson is out there. And at the beginning of the year, he's like running the offense, not doing things he's not supposed to do, you know, and then those kind of flashy plays develop as they come. I think that Joe Flacco over the next three games hopefully should be able to play as well. Like the way Joe Flacco plays over the next three games, I think that if Zach Wilson came out and did that, if he was starting, we would be like, okay, this is, this is an okay start. I think we would have been fine with it. You know what I mean? And so that's what, where I'm mm-hmm. kind of, I don't think Flacco, it's not like we're strutting out Mike white in his first start, or it's not like we're, I'm trying to remember the other guys that we've started the random quarterbacks. Uh, who's the guy Luke Falk that we started yeah, against Luke the Patriots Paul. a few years James ago. James Morgan. I don't know if he ever started. You don't started. remember James? Oh, did he never get a start? I just, no, I knew no, he was on no. the team at one point. That's before my days. That's, that's, um, yeah, yeah. But, but it, I just, I, I, I'm fine with Flacco. I think, I think the way that the Jets want to run their offense with heavy run games, with kind of passing plays where the defense, Fence is going to dictate what you're going to do. Joe Flacco is going to know exactly how to execute that. He showed that last year when he first came in. I mean, when he played last year, it's not like he was winning the games he was starting, but he was decently prolific throwing a couple touchdowns. I think he had a three touchdown game. Um, so, you know, I don't think our, I don't think our chances of winning this game are extremely hurt with replacing Flacco with uh, or replacing Zach Wilson with Flacco. It, to me, it depends on what happens on the other side of the field. And and if the Jets defense can keep the Ravens from putting up points, and when we get into predictions, I just want to go through a few things with uh with with um the Ravens offense to start off, you know, football seasons the last five or six years. If this is a low scoring defense is keeping Lamar out of the end zone, it's Justin Tucker long field goals. If the defense is able to do that, I I agree. Um, where it would worry me is if the Ravens take a pretty early, uh, an early lead, and then it's Flacco needs that's to fine. open up that that deep passing game, and they can't run the football. To me, that's to me the Jets getting through this month stretch or this three week stretch without Zach Wilson isn't about Joe Flacco. It's about can his defense 
just do its part where Flacco just needs to run the football, make smart plays and win low scoring games. Yeah, I don't think that's a bad point. And I think that um, it really is going to come down to the defense. And when I look at this game, I've talked about it, I'm not super confident in, in the Ravens receivers, not super confident in their running backs. I think that what it comes down to is how is our defensive line going to look and how are they going to be at, number one, just defending the normal run plays that they run, whether that's quarterback or running back, because the Ravens are have been consistently one of the best running teams in the league, but also just on passing plays, like, can we contain the edge? Can we make it so that Lamar Jackson isn't getting outside the pocket and running and, and having as much time to either, you know, take it and run it or just kind of sit back there, roll out and make a, make a great play. And I think that's what this game's going to come down to. I think the, one of the biggest problems we've had when you have a terrible defense is just you're not getting the, the time of possession. I think, I think kind of going with what you're saying, I don't necessarily think it needs to be a super low scoring game, but that's kind of the idea where we need to be in control. We need to be the team that we have the ball, we're holding it. And then when we're on defense, we're able to get off the field as opposed to go out, whatever our offense does. And then, Oh, we're not going to be back out there for eight or nine minutes because our defense can't get off the field. So I think what this game's really going to come down to if the Jets are going to have a chance is how does this D-line look against their O-line? How does this D-line look containing Lamar Jackson? And and to bring that up, you know, we to talk about the Ravens offensive line, it's a, it's a good offensive line, but it does have its weak spots. Like you just mentioned, Morgan Moses, uh, like you mentioned a few minutes ago, Morgan Moses is their starting right tackle. Now he's got a good guard next to him in Kevin Zeitler. Uh, but you know what? Left guard Ben Powers is all right, and they do have a rookie at center. So it's not like they are this statue of an offensive line. They've always been pretty consistent at the line, and they seem to get the best out of their guys. But we saw Morgan Moses last year, and uh, and I just I, I tend to think that maybe you can catch them a little off guard because there are some new pieces being thrown in here, much like the Jets, where if the Jets – front seven and specifically their, their front four is as good as we think it's going to be. And they can just keep throwing guys out there. That could be a huge difference maker that, that can help keep the jets in this game heading into the fourth quarter. Definitely. Definitely. So I, I want to hear these, this, these stats about the Ravens. That's what I want you to get into so, right now. And it was funny. Cause I typed up all of this stuff and I, I looked and, I there's nothing more frustrating than when I spend time doing research on something and then I see somebody put it out on Twitter like five hours later and it's like, <laughs> well, now Blake is just stealing that stuff from this guy. But I legit was typing all this out at, at 6 a.m. And then uh, Mike sent the same thing. Uh, Mike, who was on the oh, podcast yeah. last week, sent it into the group chat. In the Lamar Jackson era, um, since he's been a starting quarterback, and it's really just a three-year sample, they've averaged 41 points. Uh, per game in their season openers they come out blazing there was a 59 to 10 win over the Dolphins um, they lost last year in overtime to the Raiders but put up 27 and then there was another season um, in which they were in the, the 30s or 40s as well too you go even a year before that when it was um, Joe Flacco to start the season and Lamar was the backup I think they also put up 47 points they've won five of their last six season openers um, and really they're just one of those teams and we talk about consistency, you know, they've been so great in the, the preseason and that's what gets a lot of talk coming out in the regular season. They are guns ablazing. And to me, I, I keep saying this about the Ravens specifically. I think they're one of the more slept on teams in the AFC. Everybody's talking the AFC West. Everybody's talking the bills, the Bengals, and, and can they, you know, keep the momentum from winning the Super Bowl last year or from making it to the Super Bowl last year, the Baltimore Ravens were one of the best teams in football, despite having one of the better teams in football. They weren't one of the best, but they were one of the better teams in football, despite having the worst injury luck. And um, and it seems to be that their team is going to be pretty healthy in here. So I think they're going to be pretty pissed off. And I'm expecting a statement game out of them and, and really to set the tone this year. So it's it's going to be a tough battle for the Jets, um, in my opinion. Yeah. And, and to speak on that, you know, kind of their, their successful week ones, you know, and their ability to kind of put everything together right off the bat, it just speaks to their coaching, you know, uh, John Harbaugh, Jim Harbaugh, am I getting these confused? John, right? John. Yeah. John Harbaugh. Yeah. I mean, it, the Ravens have been, you know, them and the Steelers and they're kind of those teams that, you know, obviously they did have pretty consistent quarterbacks, but at the same time, 
over a long, long stretch of time, they have just continued to be a good team, a good team, a good team at the top of the, at the top of the league, you know? Um, And I think that's what you worry about, especially week one, a team like the jets who's so young, so inexperienced, doesn't have their starting quarterback, second year head coach, second year um, offense coordinator, you know, all these first and second years starting, it does worry you when you go against a team like the Ravens, um, who you know is going to come out prepared. And I kind of agree with you, I think is being overall underrated um, as a team this season. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be a tall task for these Jets this week. It is. Yeah, um, and, and I can just go in. Is there anything else that you want to talk about before we go into score predictions? I don't know if you have a score prediction or whatnot or plays in I the do. game. I, I do. Just, I just, I, I, I guess my big focus is it, this game is really for me, it's going to come down to how well our defense can kind of step up. Um, and I think that it, there's a lot of pressure on, on Jeff Ulbrich um, for this game and just kind of the beginning of this season, because we've talked about how difficult the season is and the fact that he's kind of the guy on the chopping block right now. And it's going to come down to, Hey, does this defense take a step forward or is it kind of what we saw in the preseason with the starters where teams are just moving down the field, doing whatever they want. We're not getting to the quarterback. They score a touchdown, you know, that's going to be really bad. And that's kind of, in my opinion, that's the recipe for the jets to really not take a step forward and kind of be stuck in the same place they've been is if they're not able to improve that defense, you know, at least get it somewhere in the middle of the pack, because you have to be able to have your offense on the field and you have to be able to get them back on the field if they, you know, aren't putting everything together when they are out there. So I think this game is going to come down to how well can the defense hold together the Ravens, how, and I, and I think there's a lot of pressure on Jeff Albrick in this game and these beginning games. Um, I want you to give your prediction first. Yeah. Um, I, it, it's not the matchup you, it's not, <laughs> It's not the team that you want to start off the season against. It's, it's just to echo your points, a, a team that is very new and has also had to go through a lot of new changes in the last few weeks regarding the tackle position, regarding the quarterback position, um, throwing in Quan Alexander at the last second. Like there are still so many new moving pieces outside of all the rookies that are added in the free agent signings. Um, and and the Ravens are, are a very respected franchise um, that start off the season hot. I unfortunately don't see it being too close of a game I, I would love to be this is what I'm gonna say for this jet season because it is that weird thing between us where like you you are the fan you're smart when it comes to football so I'm not trying to say like you are biased in your opinion I'm also coming from the side where like I just I don't know I don't want to sound like a hater you every don't week on this no, show. right but you don't have it's just realistic you know and the Jets need to prove it and you don't have the inherent just like like as I want to be smart I want to be realistic but I'm going to give the Jets the benefit of the doubt because I want them to be good and I want them to win this week or at least cover you know and I want them to and, I want them to be good too because it makes right. it more fun to talk about um but this week I am going to go with a pretty lopsided victory uh Ravens 35 Jets 17 and um I will say I love the over in this game I do yeah. I love it hit the over 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 just because I think Baltimore Baltimore could get the over by themselves if they wanted um, I just, I think that I keep echoing this, this team is much improved and I think it will show a lot more so in week seven through the end of the season than it will weeks one through seven. It'll, there'll be games that are close. Cleveland will be close. Cincinnati and Pittsburgh could be close. Miami will be close. This one. I don't know if it's necessarily going to be that close. Like, let me tell you about what's going to go down. Hype us up. Get, get the blood. The Ravens are a great team, but guess what? They got a lot of question marks. The Jets have an improved defense. They're going to be able to handle them enough. Jets offense is going to be clicking. Joe Flacco is going to throw for three touchdowns. Brees Hall is going to run for one over 100 yards on the ground. The Jets are going to win the game 31 to 24. The over is going to smash. The Jets are going to cover and hit their money line. And we're going to shock the world. World. That's what I think is going to happen this Sunday at one o'clock. Wow. 
So we, we view that totally, totally different <laughs> because like I, even, even if you were to say like, if you were to ask me what's the scenario in which the Jets win, I would say it's like a You'd 16, say it's like 22, yeah. 16 to 10 victory, you know, like a 17, 13 win, but you got yeah. the Jets going out there and lighting it up on offense. I like it. I am just really confident in the offense, to be honest with you. And, and part of me wants to say that's like unwarranted, but I just think like you look, just look at the games that the jets that Zach Wilson didn't play last year. And obviously like, this isn't the best case for Zach Wilson, but he was a rookie. And then you had Joe Flacco and Mike white and Josh Johnson all be able to step in to this offense that's ran by Michael Fleur and flourish. All three of those guys had games with three plus touchdowns last year, you know? So again, going back to the defense, like the ability for the jets offense to just be on the field is going to be huge. And I think number one, they're going to have an improved run game. Joe Flacco is going to be out there. Mike LaFleur is going to be a little more polished in the booth. He's not going to have a slow start like he did last year. He kind of has his feet under him when it comes to play calling. So I think they're going to be able to kind of get things done offensively. And I'm just hoping that this improved defense can really contain Lamar Jackson to some extent. And again, it's one of those things. Do I think the Ravens have a better team than the Jets? Yes. Do I think there's a path that the Jets, you know, come out and shock the world? Yes. That's that's where I'm going. I'm going to put some like emotional uh, music behind your kind of hyping everything up for the season. Get everybody, get everybody fucking amped up after I took a shit on their chest. No, for sure. But I I guess my, my main point is for, I really am pretty confident in the offense. Like I feel maybe I shouldn't be, but, but especially with Mike LaFleur and like, he's this up and coming coach who's already, you know, the whispers of maybe he's going to be a head coach candidate are coming in, especially once you got out of the first five, six games last year, he really elevated it. I mean, it, it really was when he went back in the booth and kind of could get a feel for the whole game, but he had a great, great season last year when it came to play calling, you know, the jets had their struggles and obviously, especially with the, the rookies and the backup quarterbacks, there were some bad games, but they were able to at some points be pretty prolific last year and, you know, get it done offensively. So I'm taking them, but but the real storyline is here is the over is going to hit in this game regardless. It's either going to be the Jets shock the world and score more, or they're going to go up 35, 38 points, and then they don't need a whole lot to get over. So take the over if you're listening. Yeah, it's at 44 and a half right now. And Teddy, something I was thinking about doing, we won't be able to do it for the podcast, but I'd love to be able to on a Sunday morning just put out a graphic of just three three bets for the game that we like we'll take a look at the at the player props and we'll each put out on the twitter feed for the jets just, game yeah for the jets game yeah, just for the jets i love game. that just some plays yeah. that we like because i just checked um my books right now and there's nothing player prop wise and it's probably just because injuries quarterback situation all that stuff um but i think that'll be fun to do so make sure to check out our twitter uh sunday morning because we'll try and put some of that stuff out as well too yeah but and let I, me I agree let me give a little sprinkle here uh just to preview that i I'm not sure what it is, but I'm assuming the Jets team total is at like 17, 17 I'll pull and a half, it, I'll pull it up right half. now for you. I'm going to take that. I think they're going to be able to score three touchdowns, you know, and get to 21 at least. Um, yeah, I've got I, them at 17 on my score prediction. Let me see what they're at. I can pull this up right now. I for think you. it's 16 and a half, but I'm not, but I'm not exactly sure. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be exciting, man. I'm really not my phone. I'm just really intrigued to see this offense. I mean, I feel like that is what everyone's so excited for, but we, I want to see how these receivers, I do think Corey Davis is going to be the guy who comes out um, as wide receiver one or wide receiver two. I think Garrett Wilson's going to be in the three role. Um, But at that same time, you know, you know, he's going to get worked in there and I'm excited to see who's playing predominantly in the slot. Is it Garrett Wilson? Is it Elijah Moore? Is it Corey Davis? Surprisingly, you know, do they just throw Braxton Barris out there? There's so many like questions I've just been thinking about, and this yeah. is where it gets real. So I'm real excited for this weekend, man. They're trying to fuck with you here. They're, they're putting it at 17 and a half. So they really want you to get over that 17 hump. There. Yeah, no, it's tough, but I, I'm, I'm going to take that for sure. That'll be All one right. of my bets. If you check I'll, us out Sunday morning. Here's one of mine. 
I'll, I'll, I'll see your total and I'll give you a first half over 13 and a half points for the Ravens. I'll, I'll give you that one. <laughs> Doesn't seem we're right. arguing different games here, right? It's not, not that bad. Two touchdowns. Fuck. I have a uh, feeling that this podcast is going to turn into me predicting the Jets to win every week, and then the they're going to win the Super winning. Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> but it could it could get... be a little fun tradition if the Jets have a bad year. We'll we'll put a blooper reel of like your predictions, yeah. and then we're recapping the final score the next yeah. week. And then just... we got to get that prediction on Twitter for sure. For sure. Oh, that'll be great. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Teddy, anything else that you want to say for this week? We have officially made it. it is football season? I'm good. I'm the good. Next we time did we it. speak. We'll have seen 60 minutes of Jets football. Um, thank you guys so much for listening, as always, to Chasing 1969, a New York Jets podcast. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at NYJ underscore Chasing 69. Same for the YouTube channel, Teddy at Teddy Huncho. I'm at Blake Andrew Pace. And check out some of my other work at Sports Illustrated for the Jets as well, too. Congratulations to you all. We've made it to the, the best time of the year. Uh, we look forward to spending the next four or five months just talking Jets football with you. Till the Super Bowl. Till the Jets win the Super Bowl. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Peace. <laughs>